Hey, Dave, tomorrow's uh, Valentine's. Did you get something for Laura? Oh, I sure did. I got something for Robin. Got it right here. Let me show you. Are you kidding me? No. Look at that. That's the uh, Armor Fighting Vehicle cards from Commerceness. Yeah, aren't they sweet? She's going to love these. Look, look, they got everything on here. The to-kill numbers, the to-hit numbers, the, uh, the armor factors, it's everything at a glance. She's going to flip over this. I, I, You know what? I think I'm set. I must be the best husband in the, in the entire world. What do you think? You think she's going to go for it? Dave? No. <laughs> if you say so. Are you I, kidding me? Yeah, I think she's going to love it. She's going to love it. You know what? I, I married the right woman. She loves everything I give her. And you know, if she doesn't use them, I can borrow them. Welcome to another exciting adventure with the two half squads. Yes, an adventure it is. The one and only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. And what game is that, Dave? Advanced Squad Leader. Give that man a cigar. You win again. No thanks, I quit smoking. Oh. Uh, I like the way you answer questions without uh, nary uh, a delay. So it's... How are you? Good, and the good news is for our listeners that Jeff is back. I'm back. I'm back today, anyway. Well, so I'm sorry I missed the last time. You got an email just now from a coworker, and I said you're not going to have to leave, are you? Because <laughs> the listeners won't like that at all. No, I'm staying for this one. It's just been. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and it's good to be back. I'm sorry I missed the last time. Been very, very hectic at work. Just a lot of things going on. So I haven't been able to devote any time to the show or to playing squad later. And as much as the listeners missed you last time, um, there are choices. Without you, they would have to just wait another two weeks for a show. Yeah. So So you did a show? Most of them would vote to have a show out regardless, I think. And and you're very entertaining. Yeah, well, the... I've seen you in a tutu. The funny ratings are still at zero, <laughs> and the boring ratings are sky high on that episode. Oh, then you, you weren't wearing your tutu. You no, I wasn't. <laughs> well, you should. It's good to be here. So today we're in uh, Dave's foxhole instead of Jeff's foxhole. We brought all and the equipment over here, which is kind of fun. Tomorrow is? Uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's, Jeff. Did you eat all of your Valentine's? I did, yes, and I, yes, and I didn't. I actually... That's the way I eat things. I just I gobbled them all down. I did. I didn't even give you offer you one, but they were delicious heart shapes. To Jeff from Dave, gummy heart right, right on yeah, the package. Right on there. So, just some. Did one of your kids give you this and you recycled it to me or something? No, actually, they were selling those at school for a quarter, and you could put a little note on it, and <laughs> and they would deliver them in homeroom. And the guy, only three were purchased for my homeroom, and they were bought by me mm-hmm. for. Some students that I was afraid wouldn't get one. I don't usually do that because I don't yeah. worry too much about their egos and all that. That, but I went ahead and splurged and bought. And those were the only ones purchased. So the guy I thought had a lot of these boxes left over of unsold merchandise. Yeah. So I said I'll take four, and he goes, "Here, take take eight. 
<laughs> eight for the price of four. Four hundred wow. and sold eighty-three. Oh wow! Wow. So, so I bought one for you, Jeff. I'll have the, well, I appreciate that, and they were they were very tasty. I gobbled them down as if they were candy, and they were. Did I tell you what I got for Christmas? Um, well, I know I've seen you since Christmas, but tell me again. I I can only assume you're asking the question because you want me to say what? what I'll Dave? show you. What, what did you get? What did you get, man? Where are you going? You left the room. What? Did you see this? <laughs> you got that for Christmas? Yeah. But, well, it's, it's a buffalo. It's the bi- American it's bison. bison model kit. Wow. And people our age who grew up making models might remember the American bison model kit put out by Aurora. Well, it has been reissued. And and you, actually, there are bison out near Aurora, Illinois. Uh, well, not anymore. Oh. There used to be. Ah. But this was reissued by Atlantis Model Kits, copyright 2010. Okay. And I also was hoping that they were going to put out the white-tailed deer. Sadly, that kit is not out yet. Oh. But the black bear is out, and the white stallion, which I never bought that one. I didn't like the white stallion. And there may be more coming. Wow. So you model guys, reliving your childhood, go get your American Bison model kit. This is quite... Actually, this looks like um, it's only one piece. How long did it take you to put this together? <laughs> no, that bison's like eight pieces. Oh, eight pieces? Yeah, nothing like building up. A Stalin two tank from yeah. some of these kits from Europe that I bought, where I, I literally built the treads link by link. Really? Yes, link by link in those model kits. I freaked out. Oh, that's I'm just cool. building these for wargaming. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not building these as like, well, not my bison. I'm not going to no. wargame with my bison. <laughs> I don't know. No. It's a pretty formidable looking piece of equipment. D and D, the giant bison. Thing. Yeah, the thing would have a lot of hit points. Oh you? yeah. I like the uh, prairie dogs that are... Uh, yeah, I always like them, them, too. That's kind of a nice effect. We'll yeah. have to post a picture of that on the show. <laughs> well, it's not done being painted yet. I think you could tell the base is not finished yet. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, those model kits of the tank, it's where you link by link on the on the treads. I just That's great. I couldn't believe it. The ones that go around the wheel part. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I haven't bought uh, or, or put together models in many, 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 many years. Uh, something I've always wanted to do, but well, you know, someday in the future, I have all the Universal Monster Kits behind yeah, you, as wonderful. well as the Planet of the Apes reissues. So, unbelievably, I was actually hoping they would do the American Bison, and being and there, it was there, it was. So, thanks. Should we talk about Squad Leader, or should we continue talking about the wildlife of North America? Well, I believe <laughs> the show is dedicated. Almost 100%. Yeah, pretty so close. So now's probably the time to get back to the ASL. Yeah. Starting with... And I am glad to be talking about it because I haven't been able to play or do anything really for for a number of weeks. So how about some letters? All righty. Don't have to ask you twice. You just want to play the music. I think we should uh, switch to different music sometime, don't you? No. Are you sure? Yes. Some other kind of music? No. Maybe something a little less lively. No. <laughs> All right, folks. Although I was thinking of changing the theme music. <laughs> oh, were you? Maybe an no. outro music. No. What would you do? What I don't know. I don't have anything else to play. <laughs> play, play the theme from Exodus, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> Why were you thinking of it? Were you just tired of it? Oh, there it is again. Or was it just in retribution? Because I want to... <laughs> no, I actually had thought of it. Um, yeah. I know they did that on a couple of podcasts I listened to, and I didn't like it when they changed it, but then you got kind of used to the uh, new theme song, but yeah. I don't have a new theme song for us. So, I, you know, I never liked it when they changed the theme music to Dick, the Dick Van Dyke show. So, uh, Did they do that? Yeah, they did, after season one. Okay. Well, I have a letter here from David Winston. Ooh. David Winston saying, Eddie Del Rio has a new one, covering tanks. And at first I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> what he meant. Eddie, yeah, Eddie I, Del I, Rio uh, and his orchestra. Yeah, covering tanks. Uh, on Board Game Geek, there's a link to an example of play and Clash at Borisov. And so we'll link that for you. And thank you, David. Oh, that was it. That was it. That was nice. That's very nice. Um, here's a uh, letter from Bob who says, One question I think would be cool to post to your MMP ALS designer people. I think he means ASL. Uh, designer people is this. Are there any aspects of World War II that aren't covered in ASL that you've toyed with creating rules for? I like that question. That's a good... I think, you know... You uh, put that to our own listeners. Yeah. Why do they have to be designers? Listeners, email us. Let us know. Since not one of you responded to my request to know your age, that's yeah. a lot, listeners, maybe you'll respond to this request. What things do you think we should design rules for? Dames. Dames? Dames. There ain't nothing like a dame. Nothing in the world. There ain't nothing like a... You know who, uh... Bison. There ain't nothing like a bison model kit. I think that was, um, Khrushchev's favorite song. Oh, I don't like it anymore now. Yeah. I remember reading that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I loved that song. I think it rocks. It was either Khrushchev or Kosygin. I can't remember. One of the two uh, Russian premiers. Alexei Kosygin. I never heard of Kosygin, so I thought you were making oh, a joke. He came right after Khrushchev. No. Yeah. How come he's not famous? <clears throat> well, he is. Well, the United he's States not famous or something? You don't know who he is. <laughs> I thought it was like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he came right after Khrushchev. Brezhnev. We'll uh-huh. look it up. Okay. We'll look it up during the break, during oh. halftime. Uh-oh. That's uh, Madonna's doing halftime for us today, which I was pretty excited about. <laughs> yes, she is. She didn't do too well. I, don't, I didn't think at the Super Bowl, but she's she's going to be here. Oh, most people later. enjoyed that, but yeah. Jeff, you're always very picky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, do you have uh, Is it my turn for a letter, or did you finish yours? Go oh, Bob also says, uh, now movie question. Have you guys seen Come and See by uh, L.M. Klimov? No. It's from the mid-80s, and it's surprising uh, the number of American films that have stolen ideas from it. The Church Burning from The Patriot, for example. It's an amazing movie. I haven't heard of this film, but um, I I will look it up. By the way, I'm an avid fan who wishes you guys would do more newbie-doos. I must admit, you guys setting up a game, switching off to do the turn, and then coming back on after a turn is complete really doesn't do anything. Oh, that is what he's talking about, the ASL extras? Yeah. Um, and I did respond. You can see some good response for the ASL extras right now on the recently posted ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're for more advanced players. The extras are for players who are looking at a scenario in its entirety. How does it play out? Yeah. Right. Does where 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 do I attack from? How did 
they use their tanks in an armored assault. So those are the bigger questions. Yeah. Yeah. The ASL extras are not not designed to help you learn the rules whatsoever. Purely to see how two other people approached the game, things that went well, things that went wrong. It's like an after action report that are the the magazines are full of. Correct. Except for um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in the old ones in the, the general originally, they listed their moves move by move, uh, similar to the newbie do. Yeah. But the goal of the newbie do is not to play a whole game out. No. To conclusion. Yeah. It's just to play part of a game to teach. Right. So that's right. That helps clarify for you. Thanks, Bob. And I have one from Paul. Hi, guys. I saw this on Wikipedia and thought it was quite amusing. We'll be the joke. We're going to steal that. Yeah. (laughs) Hakapale. Finish Module 13, having missed the 2006 target date, may or may not be released sometime before 2021. In the news. Will include three new squad types, new vehicles, 16 scenarios, several replacement rules page, and board 52 in a starter kit style. And he says, hey, I'm sure that was supposed to be 2012 instead of 2021. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And that said, he is really pleased with MMP's drive to get more stuff out there. Thank you again, Shaz and yeah. MMP. Um, and um, so that's Paul just wanted to point out that little typo. And yeah, we should probably uh, push push that information along to Keith Dalton. He's probably the one uh, behind that. I'm just guessing. Yes, indeed. And then Paul writes again, and he says, "Hi, Jeff and Dave. Just wanted to let you know that some kind of ASLer." I'm reading this verbatim. Mm-hmm. Some kind of ASLer has put together some excellent videos on YouTube. These are not starter kit, but full-blown, and last for around 17 to 35 minutes to an hour. I uh, just thought it might be nice to pass on to the newbie community. Um, did he send us the link then? No. Okay. So I'm going to search for that. I'm making a note right now. Okay. Search for the tutorials and... Check them out because I was thinking of doing some also. Maybe some videos, this summer, yeah. yeah. But I you think could get your bison in the shop. That would be beautiful. People, yeah. If other people are producing that kind of stuff, that's one less thing maybe we would need to do. Yeah. I have a letter from Mark Bloom, dear fellow ASLers. Arpenfestung 3 will take place this spring. If you're interested in coming, it's a tournament. Please let him know by mid-February, the concrete date of the mini ASL tournament. Oh, I guess it is. Well, not by the time this airs. The concrete date of the mini ASL tournament will be arranged with the interested players. So, folks, you can contact Alpenfestung at bluewin, B-L-U-E-W-I-N dot C-H. And I linked, I did that in a tweet. So find it in our tweets. Okay. And that's in, uh, where is that tournament? In Switzerland? um, Switzerland? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Or does he hold it in Germany? No, I think it's in Switzerland. Yeah, that'd be fun. Anonymous left a message saying that, uh, oh, yes, he's having problems with a QuickTime player. That's That's a technical thing. Was that fixed, you know? I was not actually experiencing any problem with it. Okay, I didn't either. Yeah. So... Listeners should still let us know when they experience things, but they we, should, we yeah. can't always help them. I, I'm, you know, without having without doing a lot of hand holding or something. I don't know. I don't know. Person to person, I don't know how we would do that. 
item. They're going to have to probably just right-click and download the episode and try to watch it that way. Okay, as we've said before, but, um, yeah, I just think it's good to talk on the air. Yeah. If you're experiencing some problems, it's worth asking. We, we do need to know. But we don't always... We can't always fix it. Correct. Sorry. Uh, you know, and we don't, um, if not everybody's having the problem, especially if it's only one or two people, it's hard to devote the time to it. Yes. And I have a letter from Saba Amusen. Uh, I'm a brand new ASLer, having recently purchased Advanced Squad Leader Expansion Pack, although I've been playing for years. Oh, you've been playing. Okay. Um, well, video games, board, oh, other video board game games. Oh, video games. Okay. He's never seen anything quite like ASL. Listen to that again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he meant this positively. Oh! I've definitely <laughs> never seen anything quite like ASL. Yeah. The sheer volume of rules is a bit overwhelming, and it took me close to two weeks to prepare for my first ASL scenario with a friend. We just played the game last night after spending five hours and finishing only half of the scenario while butchering who knows how many rules. I must say, this game is quite fun. Wow. Okay. Now, I, I want to read that and encourage everybody. Just do it. Just dive in and play. And you don't have to get the rules right. For your first 30 scenarios. You really don't. Yeah. You're having fun. You're learning. It's best to have someone who can teach you, but um, you don't always have people around. And he's close to us in Chicagoland area, and so I thought I'd mention on the air, he's in Rogers Park, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Any listeners out there willing to teach a new guy the game, please email us. Let us know. We'll pass your email on to Saba. Or email Dave, and Dave will do... Um Private tutoring for the for for a price. Hey, could I could I charge for that? I think you should. Yeah. What, what would you charge? You know, I what don't do you know. charge a tutor these days? Well, tutors get a lot of money, like yeah. thirty, forty an hour. I, but yeah. that's for important things like the ACT and math. Why are you? You're saying squad <laughs> is not important? Well, some people think math is more important. I don't know why. That's silly. Ridiculous. Yeah, I think you should. You never know. So, and also, Jeff, he's asking for more newbie dues. Okay, and I. Keep throwing that in your court. Yeah, and that's happening. definitely in my court. So, would you mind if I did a newbie do without you, or we'll just schedule it to be next? No, Mike Lemke. All right, me and Mike. All yeah, right. me and Mike. All right. Another letter here from Eric. Episode fifty-nine was particularly good. The Tracy interview, the book review, and last but not least, the Bellamy salute info, and Charlie and his orchestra was very interesting. Wow, who would have thought there'd be such a swing band? And the thought of our parents sig-heiling the flag was very amusing. That first 15 minutes was as good as a World War II history podcast that I've heard in a long time. And I think, Jeff, I that's, butchered that sentence, but. I think that's our next podcast adventure, the World War II podcast. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Bigger audience than this crummy little <laughs> show we do. Uh, small audience for this show, but quality to a man. Quality audience, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's still 500 to 1,000 listeners. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, he goes on, Eric goes on to uh, donate money. So. Oh, thank thank you you. very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Whee! And Java Slinger has left a comment on the penetration of Rostov ASL Extra 13. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about playing via Vassal and using video audio to capture and record the game in real time? Might take a little practice in editing, but it would be a great way to do an extra. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, one, I, I can't seem to get Vassal to work on my computer, but I haven't tried very hard. 
Jeff and I are planning to do a show about Vassal with... Louis Tokars. We've been talking about that for a year and a half, and we like to wait until it gets to two years. <laughs> then with them. We're on, a, then. we're on a slower schedule than MMP. Yeah. Or yes, whatever. we are. Oh, my God. That's right. Hey, we can't, ins- we can't insult them anymore. No, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. Not There's just so many good ideas. Yeah. They just... It takes time. It, to does, get take to this a, it stuff. does take a lot of time. But who knows? Maybe yeah. the summer I'll experiment with that. Yeah. But I'm not promising that at all. But thank you, Java Slinger. Uh, Elfstrom Matthias has written and said, I've finally made some updates to the module dependency chart, and he has included said chart uh, here in a PDF, and we'll post a link to that on the show notes. And. From Tom Wilcoxon, he suggested doing a, for the ASL Extras, doing a update at the end of each turn. And I think I might be up for that. Okay. I just wanted to tell the listeners that. Yeah. That wouldn't add much more to the production and might be a good idea. Yeah. So if you have thoughts about that one also, please let me know. Here at the Two Half Squads. Jeffrey, what's the announcement of you the ASL Open? Well, <clears throat> Dave Goldman... David Goldman um, has announced that the ASL Open will occur in April of 2012, uh-huh. as it does every year. The ASL Open, oh, here we go, the ASL Open is on February 8th. No, it's not. Wait a minute. Hold on. It is going to be... Ah, here we go. The Flyer. The Flyer. Friday, April 20th through Sunday, April 22nd, 2012. This will be at the Holiday Inn in Oak Brook, Illinois, on 22nd Street. $29 for pre-registration. $38 uh, if you don't get in pre-enough. Correct. Hotel is $99 a night. State that you are with the ASL Open. He's got that in quotes. You are with the ASL Open. So you got to do that. The air quotes, which I think is also sign language for quotes. Oh, probably is. (laughs) I don't know for sure. I think it's the ASL sign for quotes. I don't know. I'm getting myself confused here. But anyway. (laughs) You're confusing me. Teams of three players uh, compete for the team championship. The team with the highest combined score will be the team champions. Then there's also a mini tournament. Any player starting... Uh, Saturday, without a win, will be placed in the three-round mini-tournament, which starts at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Multiple mini-tournament winners will each win a plaque. And uh, if enough interest, there will be a starter kit mini-tournament on Saturday also. Well, let's hope so. Get your starter player kit people out from the Chicago area to the ASL Open. Well, and, you know, we're close to an airport. Fly in, though. Yeah. I mean, the farthest reaches of the world, you're only really still about 18 hours from Chicago. Right. Just get on the plane and contact Dave Goldman at frango1000 at sbcglobal.net. Cathay Airlines flies daily, nonstop, to Hong Kong from O'Hare. I've never heard of Cathay Airlines. Cathay, with a T-H. Cathay. Cathay. I thought it was Cathay. Oh, maybe. Well, that could be. Is it really Kete? I have no idea. I've never okay. heard of them. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so there'll be T-shirts there. There'll be plaques. They have a raffle. Dave always has a great raffle. 
Uh, we've got some stuff we can contribute to the raffle. Yes, we do. Great stuff. And are we going, Jeff, like. this year? I think you were thinking no. Um, that's far enough out. I'm, I'd like to go to that. Yeah. We're not going to compete in the tournament? Well, no. I think we'll probably just go play. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we are little... Area, yeah. Try and get a game in, yeah, or two, or three. You're not eating while we're uh, podcasting, are you? No, <laughs> that's you. Oh, that's me. Okay. It's all right. Put that on your calendars. Thanks, everybody, for those great letters. Keep them coming, and thanks for the donations, the generous donations we got from you, and generous donators. Keep more of them coming. Yes, we like those. Now, Jeff, it's time for what's it time for? Time for me, cheetah. We're eating oh, Cheetos. Well, and um, I received in the mail a package from Amazon, and my wife said, "Oh, here's your book." And it was an open package. I glanced in, and it said, "The book is called Me Cheetah: My Life in Hollywood." And I looked at it, and I thought, "Okay, I don't remember ordering that." <laughs> Yeah, you'd think you'd remember that. Sometimes things do show up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I ordered that. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, Michita, I don't think I ordered this. And I then realized, you know, we did an episode where Cheetah was with us on the show. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, yes. And then later, that woman was attacked by the chimpanzee and yeah. attacked her face. It was horrible. Yeah. And I vowed never to have Cheetah on the show ever again. Yeah. And then this book came in the mail, and I realized somebody's taunting me because I'm afraid now of Cheetah. And so... So this is a book all about Cheetah, the chimp, the Hollywood chimp, which I, is amazing. Cheetah the chimp was just a baby in 1932, and he was snatched from the jungle of Liberia by the great animal importer Henry Trefletch. That same year, he appeared in Tarzan the Ape Man. And in 1934, Tarzan and his mate. He went on. He appeared in a lot of other TV shows and movies. And in 1967, he retired. And apparently, he still lives in Palm Springs. I don't know. Are you looking this up to see if he's still alive? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> because I saw you. <laughs> because I'm afraid. I saw you tapping away. Because I'm I afraid thought... of Cheetah. I'm not looking anything up about him. I don't want him on our show ever again. You're afraid of afraid of Cheetah. Well, I'm a Fred Astaire's, so... <laughs> oh. oh! Well, this book looks it looks very interesting. I don't think it was actually written by Chia, but uh, that's kind of cool. Who sent this to us? Well, so oh, yes... that's what you're looking at. I went on the... No. I went on... <laughs> what are you doing over there? I went on... <laughs> oh! No! There we go. Stop I, it! God, thank goodness there was a payoff for that. <laughs> I thought I'd lost you. <laughs> Stop it, Cheetah. Get, that get out of our studio. Air. Get out. Get out. Yes, that's where you lost me, too. <laughs> Bring the bison back. He didn't make so much noise. He left piles, but he didn't... He, he was, bison he, at least very, he was very quiet, quiet aren't they? Yeah, they're very quiet. Yeah. Hardly knew he was in the room with us. True. Except for the smell. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the letters. What's next? I know what's next. It's time for what's in 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 the box. What is in the box, Jeff? What box? Well, it's a carrying case actually you have with you. I'm I was excited when this showed up. 
because it was big and heavy. And I, <laughs> I've got to like that. What we have here is from uh, Countersmith Workshop, their AFV Logic card set. And it looks pretty darn good, actually. It's, it's very impressive. So uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with this, uh, go to Countersmith. Well, look up Countersmith on uh, Google. And we'll link it in the show notes. And we'll link it in the show in notes. The notes. And you can actually see these things. But what it is is, um, what it is is, 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 is a deck of cards. And what we have here are cards, uh, AFV cards for Germans, Americans, British, and uh, Russians. Russians. And there's probably, there's hundreds of cards. There's probably 300 cards here. No, and he's got the AFV. The Logic Basic Set, 300 smart cards. Yeah. And these cards, about the size of playing cards, and on each card is uh, the, all of the technical data for all the AFVs for each of these nationalities. So, for instance, what have you got there? You I've got, got a Panzerkampfwagen 4H, mm-hmm. and it has an MT on it, being a medium tank. Mm-hmm. The movement points on the right. The armor factors are broken down into front... Hall and turret, eight and six, yeah, respectively. Side three and four, and it's even got a SZ Schwerzen notification, yeah, for the side armor because the Schwerzen was placed as extra metal plates bolted on the sides of a Panzerkampfwagen, um, optional rule, and it's even noted at the bottom optional SZ. And that would be a deterrent to, like, a bazooka shot, something that would burn through that armor, hit the armor, and yeah. detonate to uh, lessen its chance of penetrating the actual armor. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And an aerial armor factor of two for underbelly hits, I believe, and... Bombs. I think Bombing. from the planes. Aerial. Yeah, I would guess, yeah. Yeah, so all that information is there on the card. It's got the... Movement factors. It's got on the front of the card a nice depiction of the vehicle itself. Oh, I was on the back. Yes, actually, front. Kind of nice. And uh, the range of the the to hit range, the armor piercing to kill numbers, the uh, he to kill numbers. I'm using the. I'm reading the Panzer Jaeger three. Also has the range for the infantry to hit and the area to hit. I mean, everything's on this card. Yeah, and what I like is when he's got the range, for example, armor piercing to kill number at 0 to 1, it, it's an 18. Yeah. And then in a red box for the next ranges, 2, 3 to 6, 7 to 12, 13 to 18, he's got the 17, which is the basic number, encircled in red, so you know if you ever double the basic to kill number, you're doubling that 17, yeah. like a critical hit. Right. And then it goes lower as it goes further out. Yeah. It goes all the way out on the back of the counter card to uh, 79 hexes away. Yeah. Maybe for those big desert games with those long ranges of I sight. suppose they exist. I haven't played one that big. And the um, vehicle to hit number drops to a three at yeah. a range of seventy nine plus. So he's factored into this card things like um, all, a lot of modifiers to your basic numbers. So yeah, it saves you a little time. Yeah, and the weight is listed here: crew survival, 
uh, HE numbers, you know, depletion numbers, availability statistics are on the card. So, and there's hundreds of these cards, so one for every vehicle. Uh, probably multiples, yes. So for the Panzer three, I'm finding now there must be six or seven of them here. Yeah, so you so, can have a platoon or two platoons of tanks out there, yeah. three tanks each in a set, um, and then you can do markings on these also because the um, Armor Fighting Vehicle Logic Basic Plus set comes with 300 smart cards, 102 transparent PVC marker cards, and 12 collector edition PVC armor leader cards. Yeah, so what what they've added, what he's got here is all these um, clear plastic cards. Now here's a stack of clear plastic cards that are marked... Um, Oh, these are upside down. Oh, well, you would have to turn I, it over. Have to turn or it over. turn yourself over, Jack. Yes. Then it'll be <laughs> that right makes it easier. Up. So these are marked depleted. But there's there's like a 30 cards here, each one marked differently. They are clear plastic except for... May I see one? Except for what's on the, the card. So there's one that's marked depleted. There's one here for... Oh, and that main armament malfunction. I, I'm going to need a lot of these. <laughs> I may now, have to order more. Look, when I lay the depleted card over my you just lay it over smart the top. card, yeah. it covers up the smoke number. So this vehicle is out of smoke. Oh. Handy way to note that. Is there another depleted on a different level, higher up on the card there? Do you know? Uh, I believe there are. Yes, probably so. Because then you lay the next clear plastic card over the armor, over the armor smart card... And it's whatever you got. Hand it to me, Jeff. That's a great And it, it would be depleted for the um, APCR, other other ammo that you can deplete. And Jeff just handed me a recall card. So there's cards for um, bug, for motion, for shock, for stun, mired, admired. Oh, <laughs> admired. Um, Main armament, and uh, let's see, there's other malfunctions here. I kind of wish I'd brought my glasses today. Can I try that one? Yeah. Oh, they actually show up yeah. better. Oh, they show up very nicely when you actually when you're on, the card. on the card. BMG disabled. Yeah. So, and because these are clear plastic, and because uh, each of the labels is a little bit offset from the others, you can have multiples of these status cards laying on top of your AFV card and you can see at a glance what the condition is of your AFV. Further, there are these little um, I guess I'm not talking close enough to the mic. Uh, there are these little stickers A, B, C, D, E, F, G etc. so that you can mark your AFV with the uh, same unit number that matches oh. the counter that you're playing with on the Right. So you can keep them straight. Right. So a very nice, it's a very nice set. Comes in, um, the clear plastic cards come in a nice zip, zip up little case. And uh, the cards themselves come in a nice box. And actually my depleted marker, when I put it on the back of the card, covers up the armor piercing section. So it's probably designed to go that way, rather than the smoke to hit range that I was looking at on the front. Uh -huh. And um, we haven't actually played with these yet, but we'll have to. Our next game, we should play with these. Yes, indeed. 
And it comes in that handy tournament bag. Yeah. And, and then, oh, and then there's these uh, fancy armor leaders. Now, these I wouldn't lay over my card, though, right? No, I don't think so, because they're Oh, they're, Whit Whitman, 10 Meg 2, I think there's a couple scenarios that have Whitman. He was, uh, I think he drove a panther or tiger and did a lot of killing of American vehicles at Normandy, if my memory serves me correct. And there's some extra clear plastic cards, so probably with a grease pencil you could mark them with what, however you wanted to mark them and lay them over. So, yeah, all the um, armor leaders are all named. These guys will live forever. And I'm imagining they're all historical because I know Whitman is Probably historical. So. Oh, and here's Dave Kleinschmidt with a very good like. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there is also a red line through, for example, the... Uh, what is it? The, not the bow or coaxial machine gun, the AA machine gun on top yeah. of the tank. Mm -hmm. And that indicates you have to be too exposed to be able to fire it. And so, for example, on Jeff's Panzer Jager, it's a red line through the 88LL gun right. because you cannot fire that weapon buttoned up in that open top vehicle. So that's another indication of the rules that get involved in these cards. So they went to a lot of, uh, really, they went to a lot of work on these cards. Oh, there's also the turret markers here. Um, slow turret, no turret. And the uh, circle and the yep. white square using the same symbols. <clears throat> Keeps it simple for us. So with all of these cards and all of this stuff, it's really, you know, I, I thought, wow, this has got to be expensive. Uh, I was really surprised when I went online and saw that the basic set, the AFE Logic Basic, is only $39.50. Uh, so that gives you, I think, the 300 cards. Which, you know, yes. right there, that's worth it. And then for the basic plus, you get the uh, the extra add-ons, the, the overlays and things like that. Uh, so check out their website. Uh, unfortunately, everything is out of stock right now. Well, actually, I think it says here, Jeff... Is there something in stock? The small quantity of AFV Logic Plus is still available. Oh, okay. And you may... Contact them right now and put in a order, which they will be filling. So both of them are Timberline out of stock. If you'd like to reserve a copy of this, please send a note to countersmith at gmail.com. They'll put you on the waiting list, and at the moment they're considering another printing of a small quantity once they receive enough reservation orders. So after this show airs, if you want to get your order in immediately. And I have the other white larger armor-fine vehicle cards. And what I like about this is that they're smaller. These are better in a lot of ways. They have oh, right. the fire, um, the hit ranges all yeah. on there that, you know, Rich Spilkey always, right, when you did the desert game with him, yes, he sat down and would write this out He'd himself. write it all out. Yeah, for every scenario, he would write it out for for the whatever AFBs he was using. For that ammo type and that range to be able to quickly calculate his best hit chance and so on. So that would give you a one-up on your opponents. And this is an absolutely fine Herculean effort by Countersmith Productions. So if you've got 60 bucks 
you know, 40 bucks to 60 bucks burning a hole in your pocket. And, you know, for an, for a squad leader product, it's I think it's very reasonably priced. Yeah, it really is. And you put a lot of work into it. And they're, they're cool. So, uh, nice work. Well done. And we thank them very much for donating these uh, to the two half squads. Oh. And uh, we should take these with us when we go to the ASL Open so that people can gawk over them. And if you order from Countersmith and you mention the two half squads, they will say, what? <laughs> yeah, they're who? They don't have any tie-in with us. Who? The two who? I want to remind you about how very important it is that all water shall be boiled before being used in Coventry. No matter where you get that water from, whether it's out of a tap or anywhere else, will you please see that it is boiled before it is used? Now, secondly, another announcement from the Ministry of Health. Will you please make quite certain that you don't use any WCs or drains that are not working? Please dig a hole in your garden and get rid of the refuse there. Well, we have a song from a song contest, Jeff. Oh, no. no. (laughs) Thanks for the warning. Well, (laughs) you're assuming it's the... Two half squad singer. No, I love the and two not half the two half squad singers, which yeah. were those lovely ladies, the lovely ladies who are lovely. So, if you thought it was the lovely ladies going to be singing tonight, you would be looking forward to it a little more, wouldn't you? Yeah, yes, yes, I would. But alas, my my greatest deepest fears have been realized. Yes, they have. So, who submitted this particular number? Well, lucky for you, this. Is submitted by Troy Nordine. Oh, yeah, Troy. And is to the tune of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. By From the Lennon McCartney songbook. Yes. So you know it's going to be good. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's got to be good. All right, let's Here it is. let her rip. Picture your squad in a raft on a river Attacking the SS with powder blue eyes Somebody calls you, your sergeant is screaming It's our move, so get going, guys The Germans in bunkers are firing Bullets go flying over your head Look for the chance to fire your rifle and they're gone Oh, from the sky destroys them Oh, the ape from the sky destroys them Oh, the ape from the sky destroys them And you run to the buildings While German defensive fire flies over your head Your opponent smiles as his mortar shot hits you But your morale's incredibly high More of your squads, they appear on the shore 
Stop moving toward the VP. The Germans are climbing to the top of a building, then they're gone. Bombier from the sky destroys them. Bombier from the sky destroys them. Bombier from the sky destroys them. Picture a wall with an AFV hold down, its gun barrel pointed directly at you. Suddenly you're saved as your opponent rolls boxcars, and he's belted his main armament. Obey from the sky obliterates it. Then OBA from the sky obliterates it. Then OBA from the sky obliterates it. Ah, OBA from the sky obliterates it. This song is just too high for me to sing. This song is just too high for me to sing. Wow, that was uh, spectacular. Huh? Pretty good, huh? I don't know. John is uh, probably spinning in his grave, but I'm sure Paul would have been <laughs> would be happy with that, especially you know if it pays him a little money. Yeah, we only have a few songs left to do. Yeah, by the way, what's? Yeah, you'll have to tell me what's left. Yeah, yeah. So very anyway, well done, well done, Dave. Just for your entertainment, yeah, ladies and good. gentlemen. That was good. <laughs> And now, on tonight. Ah, the night rules. Tonight, tonight. It won't be just any night. I think we missed our calling. Morning stars. We keep missing our calling. We keep doing this show. We should should be doing something else. Yes, we should. I think most of our listeners will agree. Like not doing this show. Yeah. Those guys should be doing something else. Now they will know why they are afraid of the dark. Now they will learn why they fear the night. Well, we left off at rule 1.53, strain. That's strain, strain, strain. Like we are from our script. Yes, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Shakespeare. Yes. You're welcome. You know, you never should have walked out of that audition. Yeah, I mean... Let those ASL rules interfere with your audition. <laughs> yeah. At the start of its movement phase, Jeff, each onboard ground unit or stack wanting to move to a new hex must make a movement die roll. That's remember right. this? Yeah. We did this. We did this. You know, strain doesn't happen a whole lot. Well, there's reasons why coming up. Yeah. You make a die roll, the colored leaderless, and if the colored die roll is a six, that unit it might stray. Yeah. All right, otherwise it moves normally. And a lax unit usually strays if the colored die roll is a six. Um, a normal unit strays only if the white die roll or the movement die roll is greater than or equal to three, with that six also. 
and a stealthy unit stacks phrase only if the white die roll, the movement die roll is greater than or equal to five with the six on the colored. So the lax, you get a, it's one out of six chances. Yeah. Then the normal stealthy, the normal uh, 50% on the one dice and a one out of six on the other. I don't know what, what that percentage is. And then the stealthy, only going to stray if you come up with an 11 or 12. A six on the colored and then a five or six on the, on the white. Yeah. So now they're only you only have to roll for strain at night if they are not adjacent to they are moving and not adjacent to a road, a gully. Yeah. A, a river, um, um, a water of some kind, right? I believe river, it's the river. Streams. Yeah. Roads. Did I say road? Did I start off with roads? Roads. Boy, have I got a short term memory problem. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Roads. <laughs> what else? Fences. Yeah. Um, picket fences. Those are nice to follow. Yeah. They're usually painted white, so it's easy to see them at night. I guess walls, of course, or something like that. But the the idea is that you would stray. If you have no landmarks, think of it. Very dark, walking out in the open. Um, no landmarks close by, close at hand. So you can judge where you are. You run the possibility of strain. Yes, and the actual rule is that if you wish to enter a sewer tunnel, you're okay, obviously. Yeah. You're not going to stray there. Right. Here's the manhole. Go down into it. Yeah. Uh, trail break, following a trail break. Mm-hmm. Uh, can see a known enemy unit. You can see them, you know where to go. Right. Or is adjacent to a trench, bunker, road, path, gully, stream, riverbank, or illuminated locations, of course. Yeah. You can see if it's illuminated. Then you do not make that strain. Or, adja- or adjacent to illuminated, I would assume. Yeah? Nope. Yes, adjacent. Adjacent on, to illuminated. Yeah, if you're yeah. In, in, on, or adjacent to yeah. any of those, because, of course, you're walking adjacent to the stream. Yeah, right. Riverbank, and so on. Okay. So you don't make a roll unless you move away from those objects and become subject to strain, then you would make that die roll there, too. Yeah, which is, and it, c- it can be kind of nasty. Because how far how far do you stray? Well, from there you make a um, you continue your move in a random direction, at least one hex in the indicated direction, without double time minimum move or excessive speed breakdown. Or if the next location to be entered by a strayer would require climbing, a stairwell, fording, swimming, doing things like that, where you'd think, well, "Wait a minute, I'm not going to stray if I'm." Going to have to go swimming in this yeah right ocean, or moving closer to a known enemy unit, or entering an illuminated location, yeah, um, and so on. The strayer would become ti instead of moving. So if you go to that, those kind of terrain, those kind of obstacles, those kind of activities, you're suddenly going to just become ti in its present location. Otherwise, they never double time. They don't get leader bonus. Can't use delay, etc. And now we use strain in other um, instances. I know when we played uh, jungle scenarios, you can stray. Not Japanese, I don't think. I don't think the Japanese stray in the jungle. Is that possible? 
Oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm pulling this out, pulling this out of my head right, right now. And you're looking at me like, Jeff, don't ask me that right now. No, I know. They, yeah, they stray like anyone else. Oh, they do? Okay. Yes. In the jungle. Den- or dense, anywhere. Dense jungle. As long as it's at night. I don't well, think... Well, even so. dense jungle during the day, I think you can stray. Did it? Yeah. Really? Pretty sure. You might be right. Yeah. If it isn't, uh, it ought to be. It's not in this rule section I have out now. All right, well... Um, our listeners can write in and correct us, because they like to do that. If you are... Um, yeah, then you move normally, yeah. no, a, a full move, unless you hit those obstacles we just mentioned. Yeah. And uh, the first unit to move is part of a human wave or a platoon movement, convoy column, makes the die roll. Everyone else just follows along accordingly. Mm, okay. Right? And when you enter a location with a good order-friendly unit, guess what? <laughs> Okay, what? I'll You're bite. no longer what? subject to strain. Ah. And I think, always imagine it this way. You enter the hex with other friendly units, and they go, where are you guys going? Yeah. Well, we're going over there to go attack the the big building. It's not over there. It's this way. Follow yeah. us. Yeah. And you're no longer strained. Ah, right? good. And then you can use the remainder of your movement factor as you wish. Your movement points. And if you're berserk, you're always lax. But you're not subject to strain. Berserk, if they see a known enemy, it's charged, right. it's predetermined, so... Yeah. And if not, it's no strained. longer berserk. Yeah. You can't see an enemy. Right. So. And that covers strain. They're just frustrated. Yeah, I kind of like strain, but... It's a little tedious or something, you know? It kind of bugs me a little bit. But it's cool when it happens, actually. Yeah, but they can sure go a long way in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's um, well, it's better when it happens to you and not me. <laughs> I do kind of like that part. Yeah, I suppose so. But I was trying to think in our scenario that we played, one of the scenarios that we played, I think I did stray. A couple squads. Yeah, a couple squads a little bit. Because you got to uh, roll the six, and then if you're next to those yeah. terrain, which you try and stay by at night anyway. Right. right. Prevent strain. Yeah. So... I guess that's kind of realistic. Follow the road to the objective. Right. Kind of thing. Now, routing at night is totally different. Uh, you always use low crawl. And you're not eliminated for failure to route. Yeah. That's just huge. Yeah, that's a big deal. Huge. So they don't go running a long distance away from yeah. the enemy. They low crawl one space, one hex. And, again, not eliminated for failure to route. I mean that changes a lot of the strategy on both sides. If if you're the if you think you're going to surround a guy and cut off his routing, you're not going to at night. Yeah, and the I um, mean unless there's elimination going. Well, on. right. Um, also, then too, you, you, when you set up, you're trying to put your guys where they have these nice routing areas. Yeah, they can get to, and that's not going to apply. Also, right. Um, and then this. Other challenging thing. When you're DM and broken and you rally, you have to... The DM does not automatically come off after that first rally check. The die roll for your rally has to be less than the current printed morale of the unit. So if my morale is a 6, right? Yeah. And I am DM at night... And I roll a seven. No, I don't. Plus four. I don't rally. 
and I have to keep the DM on. So the duress morale, oh, desperation see, yes. morale, tends to stay on the counters much, much longer at yeah. night. And, which kind of makes sense, too. It's dark out, you've been driven out of your position, you're unsure of what to do next, you're not as likely to rally up. Yeah. Um, a broken unit may always low crawl during the route phase, including out of enemy-occupied locations, mm. into marsh while fording, and it does not have to low crawl toward any particular terrain type. So, so that's kind of a big deal. You don't even have to go to those trees or woods yeah. and, or buildings either. Right. Um, yeah, it really changes things up a bit. Just route the one hex any way you want to go. And, uh, of course, it cannot still go toward a known enemy unit, and the rest of the rules apply. And then there's a thing called jitter fire. Oh, the jitter fire, right. Yeah. This is when you roll doubles, when you're making a strain die roll, then you might get jitter fire. Now, I like the concept of jitter fire, that your men are nervous at night, they might f- shoot randomly at locations that are friendly. It's friendly fire. It's a way to work in friendly fire into the game. Yeah. So when you're doing the strain roll, you need to go ahead and check for the jitter fire. I'm not sure why it's tied to the strain it happens when people are moving. So when troops are moving, there might be this jitter fire. But where it goes is pretty random. So if you rolled snake eyes, a one and a one on your doubles, that's the closest defender jitter fires. We'll get into that in a minute. Who gets shot at? Uh, four, the closest defender jitter fires, unless stealthy. You roll a six. That unit fires unless stealthy or normal. So again, the better trained they are at night, the less they're going to be likely to jitter fire. Right. So I like that reflection in the rules. Yeah. An eight, you roll an eight, four and a four. The moving unit jitter fires unless cloaked, stealthy, or normal. You roll a ten, the moving unit jitter fires unless cloaked or stealthy. And then boxcars, the moving unit jitter fires, no matter what. Yeah. So you're either going to have, in your movement, the defender, right, which is not you, because you're the attacker, fire, or your moving unit may fire. So to determine the closest defender, it's one or more good order non-hidden units in the nearest occupied hex to the moving units. So I guess that's shown kind of like this is going to happen between... The moving guys, and again, the defenders closest to the moving guys. Yeah. Which makes some sense. Maybe they hear noises at night, or they get, you know, they're moving into a new area, and they get nervous and they fire. Right. Um, well, uh, if more than one applicable unit is able to jitter fire, all such applicable units are affected. They use their machine guns or small arms. Heroes, units with no firepower. Units already marked with a final fire counter and marked with a first fire and closer to a known enemy unit, the end of the moving unit are exempt from jitter fire. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the normal defensive fire rules right. seem to be applying there. And if no unit in the closest occupied hex is able to fire, then there is no fire at all. And if a squad with a machine gun must jitter fire, both the squad's inherent firepower and that of one of its machine guns are affected. 
However, a vehicle subject to jitter fire will fire only its machine gun armaments and passengers, riders, crew. So not the main armament. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, no line of sight to another unit is necessary to activate the jitter fire. Should a dummy cloaking counter be the subject of the fire, it is eliminated. And moving infantry, which cannot normally fire in its own movement phase, can do so for jitter fire purposes only. Because, yeah, I'm thinking, well, if they're moving, the moving unit jitter fires, you can't. He's moving. He's, yeah. He hasn't prepped fire. Right. So what, is, what happens when you jitter fire? Well, it has no effect on anyone other than the firer. And jitter fire uh, attack is resolved only to determine the rate of fire, the malfunction, low ammo, sniper activation. And jitter fire conducted by a moving unit cancels any remaining portion of its move. So not only might you stray, but you might also jitter fire and your move also. Yeah. You think you see something, you fire, and down you know you go. Down, Stop down. moving. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And so, does that seem to make sense then? It does. So no one ever gets broken? Is that what? I don't remember anyone ever breaking in my games with Jitterfire. And it seems to say the only effect is that rate of fire malfunction and sniper activation and then stopping the movement uh, of the move. Yeah. Yeah, you're not likely to hit anybody. I guess that's... Yeah. That's what they're thinking there. You're not likely to hit anybody. The only thing you'll do is... It it only affects yourself. It only affects the... Yeah, and if the defender jitter fires then... um, Well, he could be revealed. Well, right? He's still revealed Uh, with the gun flash? Yeah, with the gun flash. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Sure. And I don't... Remember a whole lot of jitter firing. It could be that I kind of ignored the rule <laughs> yeah. when I did some night games. Yeah. I don't think we had it. We looked for doubles. There was no doubles on strain rolls. No, I don't, no, I don't so. think we had any. Or maybe, yeah. I don't, I don't we may so. have had one. And then recovery at night. Easier or more difficult to recover things? More difficult. Yeah, so I had a plus one to your recovery attempts. Yeah. Rule one Unless point it's a flashlight. And then it's turned on. It has to be turned on. Yeah. And then rule 1.6. Um, you have your lax, normal, and stealthy. Okay? Yeah. Cloaking counters are considered to be equal to the majority squad type of their side at scenario start. And regardless of actual contents of the um, individual cloaking counters. And stealthy, can you guess some troops that might be stealthy? From your knowledge of history and, and ASO. Uh, well, SS, Marines. Not SS. Oh. Not Marines. Oh. <laughs> uh, Boy Scouts. Um, think a little more. When Boy Scouts grow up, they join these types of highly trained troops. The uh, engineers? <laughs> no. Combat <laughs> troops. Well, I guess engineers are kind of combat troops, aren't they? They are kind of. They wear red berets. Well, no, that's not true. Commandos. Commandos. There you go. Rangers for the U.S. Oh, okay, Rangers. Rangers. Anzac, Australian, okay. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Why do they get it? 
It's that uh, I, I suppose that the country they live in, growing up the in terrain, the, yeah, out in the bush, yeah, probably so. Fins and what about cowboys? You would they're think not, they're not listed here. That's uh, not right. I would give it they to the Indians, not the cowboys. I would give it to the Native Americans. Native Americans, yeah, not the Indians. The code talkers. No. They were probably yeah, yeah, stealthy. Uh, Finnish. If we must. No, we're not Finnish. No, okay. the Finns. The, the Finns. Finns. Okay, the Finns. The Gurkhas. Oh, yeah. Curry knives. Yeah. Good order single man counters. Yeah, the leaders. Okay. And, of course, the people who know the local terrain because they live there. Partisans? Partisans. Yes, indeed. So these are all stealthy, stealthy at night. Correct. Okay. Your lax units, all Italians. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. <laughs> at night. Will Ferrell. Uh, <laughs> he's not very no. stealthy. No, he's lax. He talks a lot when yeah. he's walking at night. It's like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Shut up. We're on a night adventure. Shut yeah. up. It's on a night Attack. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a... <laughs> look at the pretty lights. Can I ever tell you about when I was in the <laughs> woods with Laura, and she Ooh. was afraid of the grizzlies attacking us up in uh, the Glacier National Park? Oh, really? And I said, honey, there could not have been a bear attack in these woods for years. Come on, this had to be like in the old West days. And she made noise as we walked. Drove me nuts. Right? Really? Talking nonstop. Well, they told us to talk, and so if we talk, the bears won't attack us, and the bear is coming, and they'll move away. I'm like, honey, come on, I want to hear the nature sounds and enjoy the... Well, we got home that night to our little hotel or cabin room with a TV, put it on. First news item. Two people injured today in Glacier National Park in separate bear attacks. Wow. I couldn't believe it. That is bizarre. Of course, she was saying, see? See? Yeah. I told yeah. you. It's a good thing she was talking. Yeah. So the next time we hiked, we followed the people with the bells on their sticks, walking yeah. sticks. Oh, that's good. And figured, you know, the bears will attack them, we'll be able to run. Because <laughs> bears hate bells. <laughs> it really annoys oh, them when they're trying to sleep. So, so it's a good idea when you're going to Glacier to bring the um, the squad leader rule book with you and just read that read as it. you're walking. Read it out loud. Yeah. And when you're lax at night, they are inexperienced troops, berserkers. Yeah. They don't care. Who knows they're there? Non-elite Italians. Okay. Okay. So I was close. Axis miners. Prego. Multi miners. Axis miners. That's a whole lot of countries are lax. It's kind of rough on them. And pre-1943 German multi-man counters. Really? Wow. wonder why that is. Pre-1943. I... Are lax. Pre-German... Pre-43 German MMC. Motorized vehicles. Yeah, relax. Well, that would, yeah. It's kind of hard for them to be sneaky yeah. with that engine running. Yeah. <laughs> and non-good order units. And helicopters. Helicopters. Unless it's the shushcopter. <laughs> It's Which, very quiet. It's like a stealth cop there was from a, Russia. There was a horrible movie that I really liked called The Nude Bomb, <laughs> which was the further adventures of Maxwell Smart. Oh. It was like the only movie that they made after the Max after the Get Smart TV show. The Nude Bomb. And in it they had the Shushcopter. 
which came by <laughs> came in came in like this. I don't know. Yeah, it was funny. Well, Thank you for laughing. <laughs> normal troops are everybody else. Okay, I got to think about that though. The German, the pre nineteen forty three German troops. I got to look that up and see. Yeah, because it's not be. the That's interesting. pre-Sultan Russians yeah, or right. Americans or yeah. British. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they were just so gung-ho they didn't give a darn. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Their bravura. Yes. Well, there's this other little thing about the night rules. There's more? Uh-huh, we got a little bit more here to go, so maybe you'll want to hold off on star shells and do it later also, but uh, combat. All night attacks are subject to a plus one low visibility hindrance diral modifier. Does not nullify movement open ground. Okay. However, that plus one night LV is never applicable in combination with any positive TEM due to height advantage or if the target hex contains terrain whose topmost height is at least a full level level higher than the firer. Let's stop right there. Okay. My friend Matt thought this was a ridiculous rule. Let me put this into common language. Oh, thank you. So, you're looking up on the hill line. Oh, yeah, right. The person, do you get the plus one night low visibility when you're looking at a hill line with the bright night sky? Well, I I would say no, you don't. They're silhouetted against the... Against the night sky. Yeah. So you don't get the plus one. Right. Now, here's the tricky part. So... You're looking across the flat land. Yeah. You see the barn silhouetted against the night sky. Yeah. That terrain is one level higher than the terrain you're on. Ground level? Yeah. That's a level one barn? Yeah. You get... You get the plus one to shoot at them. The guy's in the barn? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that's the barn, yeah. The guy's in the barn. Um, The guy's in the building. Correct. You get the, the plus, plus one, one. It's never applicable in combination with the positive TEM if the target hex contains any terrain whose top most height is at least a full level higher than the firer. Hmm. So you don't get it. Right. Does not apply because you can see the barn outlined. The building or whatever it is. Yes. So it doesn't have to be a barn. No, it could be the trees. <laughs> yeah. Why did I pick a barn? Well, I don't Barn's know. not a train type, actually, in ASL. No, it's not. Why but I it's a building. A Is a building a terrain type? Yes. Yeah. So a building. But you're, yeah. It's silhouetted. Yes. Normally, you'd have to pay a plus one because you can't see them. But because I can see the silhouette of the building, I figure there's guys in there and I'm shooting at that silhouette. That, to me, makes sense. To me, it kind of makes sense. My friend Matt argued endlessly that if it's silhouetted at night at the house, yeah. it's really dark, you can't see at all where no. those guys are within that house structure. Well, if you think about the think about the size of a hex. Correct. Um, you know, the dimensions, the real-life dimensions of a hex, which is whatever it is, 60 meters or something like that. And there's a building occupying that space. You kind of know where to shoot. That's what I'm kind you of thinking. You need to shoot at the building. Yeah, now here's I the think. kicker. What if the whole, all the terrain across from you is all level one? All the way across. So like I've thought uh, of this before. Bad time to think of it. 
woods, 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 buildings, buildings. The buildings would be separate, but what about buildings with woods behind them? They would all blend into one dark silhouette. Yeah, I would say. You know, yeah. so I don't think then you wouldn't get. Then you'd have to count the plus one night because it's. But you, I don't want to confuse our listeners. Too late. It's very simple. <laughs> If the opponents in any terrain, you know, it's a go level ahead. higher. Nobody's listening anyway. No plus go one. Ahead. No plus one for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. To and I've got it memorized, and I always use it. And to me, I again made it make sense by thinking it's a silhouette. It directs my fire, yeah. so I don't have to pay the extra plus one. Um, well, you should have told your friend. You know, there's no use arguing about it. It's the rule. It's the rule. You're not going to argue with MMP. So there. Get over it. Fire lane. At night, a fire lane, residual firepower counter, yeah. can be placed beyond your night visibility range. Okay. You were wondering about that. Yeah. Although you must still have a line of sight to the moving initial target. So oh, okay. If, you, know, you can't see the guy. You can't shoot the fire lane out there. But if you if he's three hexes away, I can fire at him in a, in a four night visibility range game. And place my resid beyond because obviously I'm still shooting into the darkness out yeah. there. And there's a big exception to this. Once any star shell illuminating round has been fired, a machine gun can place a fire lane without firing at any moving target. If it can place a fire lane residual firepower counter, firepower counter in a location that is bore sighted by that machine gun, however, if it does so, it must thereafter place firing into that location in every enemy movement phase, and let's do so before the attacker begins moving. So it's kind of saying, if you bore sighted it, you can lay it in there at night, but it has to always go to that spot, because you don't know who's moving where. At yeah. So you always go to that spot until what? If it's bore sighted. Until, oh, okay, okay. Until the start of an enemy movement phase in which it can see another known enemy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So okay. You, you that makes sense. prepared it by bore sighting, right. and then just lay the fire in there. That's one thing I always forget about, bore sighting. sighting. Yeah. Use that advanced sequence of play chart, ASOP, yeah. and help us. Yeah. Well, we'd never get anything done. Mm-mm. My God. <laughs> That's what I say. Just play the game. Yeah. Forget Throw that out. Oh, I, play, look, I brought my uh, ASOP. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, snipers. <laughs> do, you remember, <laughs> do you remember what happened? Oh, there's more? Number? I think we did that last show. It was raised. The sniper number's elevated. Oh, right. But it I don't was, remember doing it last show, actually. Um, well, here's rule 1.72. It says snipers, and it explains that uh, an effective sniper attack removes a cloaking counter and puts its counter its contents on board unconcealed. Right. Random selection determines the uh, the victim. Rule one point seven three: When a unit enters another unit's night visibility range, it's treated as emerging from a blind hex for to hit purposes. Meaning, if you only see it for a one movement point, you right. pay an extra plus two. You see it yeah. for two or three, something like that. You have to pay an extra plus one. To shoot at it on it to hit stuff. Yeah. So, can you acquire at night? Uh, yeah. I'd say yes. If the target is illuminated, correct. 
Uh, you would remove all acquired target counters from a location as soon as it loses its illuminated yeah, that would status. Well, let's see. Does that make sense? Depends. If it's a uh, silhouette. Uh, and yeah. It's almost like boar sighting. And then, but <laughs> I guess for simplicity's sake, they just say, you lose it. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with them. I don't know. I might when, when I see Perial. Can you do a multi-location fire group at night? No. No, and that's huge also. Yeah, it's a big you know, deal. To remember it, to... Yeah. I hate having that rule when I play the partisans who end up with that rule, or in a, what is it, a row house you're not allowed to make a right. fire group between the hexes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it, and there it is, all night. Yeah. So don't... Be yeah. Don't, don't plan, plan on that. It ain't going to work. No. Oh, here's the sniper rule. The the um, actual sniper number is uh, increased by two. Okay. It's called mistaken fire. That's right. Rule one point seven six. It represents the fact that there's more snipers going around because it's more jitter fire, but it's jitter fire that does something to you. Yeah. Mistaken fire. You're going to be more likely to get snipers attacks at night. And the actual sniper number can never be reduced below the printed number in a night scenario. So it's raised by two. So if it's printed at three, it goes up to five. Right. And if it's reduced to three, that's the lowest it can ever go. Yeah. Representing, yeah, you maybe killed the snipers already. The rest of this random getting shot at is jitter fire, mistaken fire. Yeah. Not technically jitter fire, it's mistaken fire. And... Anytime a captured machine gun is fired at night, its location is subjected to an automatic sniper attack die roll. Oh, wow. Where did that come from? That comes from footnote 9. Oh, read us. Yeah, footnote because nine. I'm thinking, you know, okay, yeah, so what? How do you, how on earth do you get yeah. an automatic sniper attack on you? By firing a captured machine gun, does it sound differently or something? No, that could be. Mistaken fire. Actually, we should probably read all these notes tonight, but... Being fired on by friendly troops is an all too... Oh, that's mistaken fire. Is that what I was doing? No, you were doing the um, sniper. Oh, it's still in this. It's still in this one. Yeah, sorry. Um, Hence, the use of a captured machine gun at night, which comes under mistaken fire rule. Okay was discouraged since their use invariably drew fire from friendly units who mistakenly thought they were shooting at the enemy. You know, ah. you can tell the difference in the audio quality of the different machine guns. Yeah. So, probably by hearing that sound, you would think that's the enemy. Yep. In the movies, you know, in the movies, they all sound alike. But that ain't true. But I'm sure that is not no. true. No, that yeah. is not true. The German one, very distinct. Yeah. Chop, chop, chop sound. Yeah. Um... And yeah. I'm sure you learn those really quick. Mm-hmm. So that that really does make sense, then. Yes. Yeah. I'll go on with it. Uh, increasing the chances of an effective sniper attack in this situation is the simplest way to show that without prohibiting it altogether. Similarly, use of a sniper attack to reflect mistaken fire is also a simple abstraction to reflect the average damage done to one's own troops during a night action. It does not reflect increased enemy sniper activity nor does it necessarily represent fire from a specific friendly unit 
It's a convenient artificial mechanism. Okay. Which is kind of how we interpreted the yeah. general mistaken fire. And that explains the machine gun rule. And so, close combat, ambush, easier or harder? Harder. To ambush? Easier. When it's dark out? Harder. And you're sneaking up on someone? Easier. It's easier, of course. (laughs) But easier for who? Well, for the attacker. Yeah. But don't they make noise? Well, okay. The attacker's ambush die roll need only be at least two less than the defender to gain ambush. Yeah. That makes sense, because they're sneaking up. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to see them. Yeah. You might hear them or not, but... Right. Well, they take their shoes off. Yeah, and the defender's not trying to sneak up on anybody. Right. So they're just sitting there. Yeah. I'll buy it. Well, another close. 120. You want to do gun flashes, and then later I'll just do star shells and illuminating rounds. Or if we can get together again, we'll do it. I'm not going to do trip flares. That's All right, lot. Jeff. That's well, a lot of stuff. That's everything, right? No, that's I'm, everything. No, and I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> it's night out. <laughs> it's night out. Yeah, they also have that rule where uh, troops are more likely to fall asleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have left gun flashes, rule 1.8. Which is very important. Very important. And star shells, which I did a tutorial on. Yeah. 1.9, and through illuminating rounds and the fires. So I guess um, we'll have one more show of night. Should we just save it for next time? Yeah, let's time? just do it next time. All right. I guess. so. Because we're at about uh, an hour and 20 minutes on this show, and that's, that's enough. All right, we'll do that then. Great. Very well done. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Jeffrey. Great to see you, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We enjoy having you in our little ASL family. We sure do. Yeah. So hope you'll be with us next time. And remember to roll low. And rally well. But but not not when when you're you're playing playing us. a lot to those night rules. I know, it's easy. I don't know, the silhouette thing and the, <laughs> no, the, it's easy. the jitter fire thing and the strain. And Play the eight night games, you'll get it fine. Oh my god. Absolutely fine. I think, I think they should have, they should just make everybody pitch pup tents and sleep. And call it a night. Call it a night.